Finally, a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur-Pedic, our first system that detects snoring, then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com. You're listening to the Bears Brothers Podcast and Post Game Show, the place where Bears fans across the globe hang out online after every Bears game. Now get ready because it's time to bear down. Welcome back, Bears fans, to another episode of the Bears Brothers Podcast. We are four days away from kickoff down in Green Bay. I'm your host, Little Wit, and I think I can speak for everyone listening when I say it's getting harder to sleep at night knowing that football is just staring us down in the face. In our previous episode, we met the Green Bay Packers as we sat down with the hosts of the Titletown Sound Off Podcast to gain their perspective heading into the game. Now, typically... This episode is our full-on weekly game preview, but since that's going to be taking place live in person on Saturday, we're doing something a little different to help pass the time. But before I get further into it, I just want to remind you that you can visit us for that live show on Saturday, September 8th. It's at Pheasant Run Hills Resort in St. Charles, Illinois. Show begins at 1 p.m. Feel free to show up early to hang out with us before the show, and of course, we're going to hang back a little bit afterwards too. And make sure to stick around to the end of this show because I'm going to go ahead and announce uh, one of our famous giveaways to show our appreciation for you, the listener. Okay, so getting back to business. In today's episode, I'm joined by my fellow Bears brother, Nicholas Moriano, and the two of us are joined by Patrick Finley of the Chicago Sun-Times to talk about the Bears and, of course, the Sunday night football matchup. It's a great discussion full of quality information that I know you're going to find both entertaining and beneficial. So without further ado, here's our discussion with Patrick. All right, Patrick, I appreciate you taking the time to join us today. I know currently you're uh, commuting uh, hands-free, correct? Oh, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, always. Actually, I am an earbuds phone conversation guy, even when I'm walking around the house at home. Well, hey, that works out pretty well. So, uh, Nick, I know you have the first question up for Patrick, so go ahead and take it. Yeah, but before I get to a question, Patrick, I just want to say great story today on George and Virginia McCaskey and the whole Kaleo Mac trade. Really good read. So if anybody hasn't read it, go to Suntime, check that out. But Patrick, my question is a two-parter uh, mm-hmm. for you. And where was your confidence level in this Bears team before the Kaleo Mac trade? And where's your confidence in this team now? Uh, I thought they were probably a seven and nine team when I went to bed on Friday night. Um, you know, you just look at how long it typically takes quarterbacks to grasp an offense. I mean, you know, this story has been told over and over, but, you know, if Matt Nagy said that Alex Smith, who was an eight-year veteran, took two and a half years to pick up his scheme, um, you know, I think that that's a, uh, that's a really hard thing for Mitch to do right away. And, and because of that, I figured that there'd be a learning curve. Uh, I upgraded them to eight and eight uh, when they got Mac. Uh, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that Khalil Mack makes only a one-game difference. It's probably a little more than that. 
but you know, we really don't know uh, what everything's going to look like. And, and honestly, I, you know, I think that the bears stole him from the Raiders and, and I mm-hmm. think the bears fans have every reason to be thrilled with what's happening here. Uh, it's really hard to make a prediction for the season uh, right in that moment, because you're afraid that, uh, that you're getting a little carried away with the excitement. I understand sure. that completely. Yeah, no doubt. So, <laughs> The timing, like you said, Friday night, Saturday morning, it was interesting because it kind of coincided uh, with the roster cuts, trimming down to that 53-man roster, which I think many people it really allow, hasn't really allowed them to digest all the roster moves uh, that took place with everyone's focus being on Khalil Mack. So I want to know, in your opinion, Patrick, uh, what was maybe uh, the biggest surprise in terms of the final roster and the cuts that they made? I. I don't, know, I don't think any of them count as, as gigantic surprises. But, you know, I, I'm a big John Timu fan. Uh, I've liked him since he was an undrafted free agent rookie. I, I just think that he's the kind of player that you need during the course of a year, you know, whether it's somebody to jump in on special teams or somebody to jump in at inside linebacker. I, I thought that maybe they would keep him. Uh, Cravon LeBlanc, I had assumed, had made the team. Uh, but, you know, he, he was left out there. Those were the two that... The, that really got me. I mean, the punter situation, I wasn't too surprised with. Uh, I was a little surprised Marcus Cooper stuck around. Um, and yeah. I don't know whether, uh, whether he lasted because they... How personalized can a financial plan be when it's created by one of those robo-advisors? Plugging in standard algorithm to calculate insurance need and future wealth of random human client. Robots don't know you. We do. At Farm Bureau Financial Services, Getting to know you always comes first. Together, we'll create a financial plan based on your specific goals. Find a local Farm Bureau advisor at fbfs.com slash protect. It's your future. Let's protect it. Didn't find anybody else on the waiver wire the next day, or they got beat to a guy or something like that. But uh, my presumption was that the Bears were going to go try and find an experienced outside corner uh, who could back up uh, Prince McMara and uh, Kyle Fuller. Uh, they didn't. Uh, that doesn't mean they won't. But uh, that's uh, those are probably the ones that jump out at me. And I'll tell you guys, you know, when I was sniffing around during the day Friday and into Friday night about what the Bears were doing, what I kept hearing from people was that they weren't making decisions yet or they weren't telling people who they were going to cut yet, even at the bottom. And and I remember filing that away when I was going to bed, which is, oh, that's odd. That's usually not how Ryan Pace operates. Right. And, you know, come to find out Ryan Pace was a little distracted uh, with Khalil Mack. <laughs> Uh, that that night and uh, and everything came down the next day. Speaking of Ryan Pace, uh, you know, as, when he was hired to be the general manager of the Chicago Bears, he has been nothing short of aggressive, always help, showing that conviction. So, Patrick, what is your assessment of Pace now that he's four years into his job, from always being fired up to hiring John Fox, moving <laughs> up to get Mitch Trubisky, hiring Matt Nagy, and now training for Khalil Mack, to name a few of his moves? What's your assessment of him? I. I... I think he's had a really good off season. <laughs> you know, that, you know, who knows, you know, sometimes teams that win the off season struggle at first, but uh, he's definitely redeemed himself. You know, I think it, at this time last year, uh, I don't think he was very well thought of around the league. Uh, not that people disagreed with Mitch Trubisky as a prospect, but just the notion that you had to trade up. They didn't help that Peter King wrote that story from San Francisco uh, yeah. essentially the, the 49ers couldn't believe their luck that somebody was throwing an extra pick their way. Uh, yeah, he's definitely been aggressive. You know, I, I think you can uh, find some fault with some of the signings he made. Taylor Gabriel's getting a lot of money, 
Uh, I'm on uh, Trey Burton Island. I love Trey Burton uh, in terms of somebody who's going to get the ball a lot for them. But, my God, they're paying him like somebody who started more than five career games. So I, I think you can nitpick some of the details. But, yeah, aggressiveness for sure. And, and you know, guys, when the Khalil Mack question kept getting asked uh, throughout training camp, I, I dismissed it. For a couple of reasons. One was I didn't think the Raiders would be dumb enough to trade him. Right. And, and secondly, I couldn't, I couldn't imagine Ryan Pace, Mr. Build This Team Through the Draft, uh, giving up two first-round picks to go That's with true. the second-round pick he gave up uh, in, in the Anthony Miller trade. I just sat there and went, they, just, they need more of a war chest than what they would end up getting. Uh, it never occurred to me that the Raiders would give them a two-back. And uh, once the Raiders decided to do that, I think that changed the equation uh, quite dramatically. And, you know, when you look at what Pace has been able to do, you know, maybe I'd rather Ryan Pace draft in the second round than the first round. I think his hit rate has been better um, uh, doing that, at least at this point, when you look at Cody Whitehair uh, and, and some of the other guys that he's brought in. All Eddie right. Goldman, for example. Yeah, no, exactly. Eddie Goldman, uh, someone who we're hoping here can perhaps get an extension sometime soon. Uh, you said he had a really good offseason. I'm a grade kind of guy. My wife's uh, a secondary education teacher. Uh, what kind of grade would you give Ryan Pace for, of course, this offseason? <laughs> it's hard to give him an A when they haven't played a game yet. Sure. But A-minus? <laughs> I, mean, I mean, he managed... You know, uh, you know, he managed to come out with come out of the offseason with three receivers uh, that will help Mitch with a tight end that I think will be more relevant than most receivers. Um, and he got maybe the best defensive player alive for uh, below market value. And you know, some of that is you know, you know, a franchise that's willing to, to write the check, and and, and his bosses uh, George and Ted should be credited for writing the check. But I, I think it's hard to argue that he, he's been anything but really impressive. All right, so let's kind of start switching our gears slowly over to this week's big game on Sunday night. And a coucouple notes that I took away from uh, the post, you know, practice press conferences that were taking place a few hours ago uh, was that Roquan Smith and Aaron Lynch both fully were participating in practice today. And I think I speak for all Bears fans when I'm going to ask you, like, what do you expect out of them on Sunday? Like, how much are they going to play? Because you know, Aaron Lynch now, of course, we don't need him to be a starter, uh, especially now with Cleo Mack, of course. Um, but someone like a Roquan Smith, especially uh, with the hamstring issue, uh, I know, not personally, but I've seen a lot of fans uh, through social media being a little antsy, a little weary about Roquan Smith's impact early on this season. I'm just curious your thoughts on those two players heading into week one at Lambeau Field. Aaron Lynch is interesting because uh, without Cleo Mack, you'd sit there and go, well, the Bears will play him on obvious passing downs because he's a better pass rusher than Sam Ocho, probably. Uh, but now, I mean, I, I, I don't know the scenario where he really fits. I mean, you want Mac on the field for third and eight, don't you? And, and if you do, you also want Leonard Floyd out there. Um, maybe Vic Fangio has some exotic stuff with Floyd, you know, Lynch and Mac rushing the passer. Maybe somebody's got their hand in the dirt. Maybe that person is Cleo Mac. Uh, I could see that, but I don't think he's going to play much. Um, you know, uh, it'll be interesting, uh, honestly, to see whether he's active uh, because the Bears need to decide, you know, Sunday afternoon, is he better, you know, that night than Kylie Fitz would be? Uh, and, and if not, uh, you know, maybe they have to sit. Uh, Roquan, I think there will be special packages for Roquan, uh, but I don't think he's going to play more than half the snaps at all. Okay. I, I just think the Nick has been, been too good. Uh, and also, you know, I mean, you know, the kids, 
Today was his second full practice um, ever, right. <laughs> uh, or at least yeah. uh, at least since OTAs ended. And uh, you know, you can't expect him to have the wind that he would have had he actually practiced. And, and because of that, I, I think you need to find ways to play him in little chunks. Uh, because especially the way Aaron Rodgers and the Packers go, I don't think they're going to give the Bears defense a lot of time to try to substitute uh, in the middle of the drive. And, uh, and, you know, once again, we'll turn to Vic and, and we'll watch him be creative and, and see what he can come up with. Uh, but uh, Roquan Smith's probably, in my mind, a week two or three starter more than uh, a week one uh, dominant player uh, for sure. Yeah, no, that makes a ton of sense. And you already mentioned Vic Fangio and this Aaron Rodgers, which is interesting. I know you're driving, but it feels like you're peeking at my show notes and where I want to take this conversation. Um, <laughs> so Khalil Mack, I think he, for the most part, completes the cast, so to speak, for the Bears defensive front. So do you think Vic Fangio, you talked about we're waiting to see how creative he gets, but uh, do you think he has the ingredients needed to maybe like create a cure for that Aaron Rodgers bug that has been ailing Chicago for about a decade? <laughs> I, I mean, Shane McClellan obviously is the only, uh, the only remedy. <laughs> obviously, um, I I think big picture, you know, heck yes, he's got he, he's got the tools he needs uh, compared to what he's had the last couple of years. I mean, he's uh, I said this about Matt Nagy the other day, uh, but I think it holds for Vic too. I mean, they must feel like they found a gold brick in the street. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, they won the lottery here. Uh, yes, is it enough to stop Aaron Rodgers? <sighs> I mean, the Bears are still a touchdown dog. And, uh, you know, maybe, maybe this is putting too much pressure on Mitch, but I, I think it might depend a lot more on how Mitch does than how Vic does. Uh, you know, I don't think there's too much of a standard deviation between, uh, you know, a, a great Bears defense and a good Bears defense. But, that, you know, that offense, I think, you know, if they can't get it going, uh, they're not going to have a chance to be there. Good points there, Patrick. And obviously you, you brought him up, the Packers, Aaron Rodgers, what are some specific things that you'll be watching out for in this Bears matchup? Anything that catches your attention? Uh, one of the things Mike McCarthy was talking about uh, today that I thought was uh, was poignant was that what makes Khalil Mack so good is his uh, doggedness uh, in that it's not, you know, he's making tackles on plays that get extended, you know, on second and mm-hmm. third movements, I think was the way he explained it. And then one of the things that Vic's defenses typically do really well is they rally for the ball and, and they don't give up a lot of yards on second and third move. So uh, Aaron Rodgers is all about that. Aaron Rodgers is all about extending plays, uh, getting his guys open, throwing them open. Uh, so that's what I'll watch, obviously. That's, uh, that's uh, nothing too shocking. It, it, mm-hmm. but, you know, try and keep him in his box. I'll be curious how the run game gets going uh, uh, on the Packers' side. It seems like every year we're up there, there's a different running back, and sometimes it's a wide receiver, and, uh, and, and sometimes <laughs> it's a guy nobody's ever heard of, and he gets hurt in the, you know, in the first series. Uh, so they're going to need some consistency there because, uh, and it seems kind of weird to say it, but you, know, you don't want to let the Bears pin their ears back and go try and get the quarterback on every down because uh, right now they have the horses to do just that. Yeah, Mm -hmm. no doubt. All right, so Patrick, let's boil it down here. What do you think is the difference between the Bears winning and losing this Sunday night game in Lambeau? What does it come down to? Probably Mitch. uh, uh, Whether he makes mistakes, uh, uh, how quickly he seems to grasp uh, this offense in real time. I mean, he threw 18 pass attempts in the the preseason. You can't tell me that he has a good feel for what everything's going to feel like on Sunday night. I don't think he does. 
Uh, he's, uh, he doesn't need to be John Elway, uh, but, you know, he probably has to have what, you know, what's the over-under on interceptions? One and a half, he's probably got to be under there. You know, what's the over-under on touchdowns? One and a half, he's probably got to be over there. Uh, Jordan Howard, I think, will get going. Uh, you know, judging Jordan Howard in the preseason is, is silly, I think, because he's <laughs> just one of those guys that gets better. He just gets better the more lathered up he gets, and you just don't do that in preseason games. Uh, I think Howard will be fine, um, but, you know, and Mitch should be able to lean on him, particularly if the Bears can get a little bit of a lead, which, again, sounds funny going into Lambeau. But, right, right, right. you know, the Bears are going to need the Bears are going to need Mitch to be uh, a slightly better version of himself uh, than he was last year. And, and if that's the case, I think they'll hang in there pretty good. I still don't know if they win the game, honestly. Uh, you know, that's a tough place to play. And, uh, and you just wonder whether all these moving parts that we just talked about, you know, uh, all these new pieces that Ryan was able to acquire uh, and the newest one, Khalil Mack, you just wonder whether they can come together uh, on day one or whether it's going to take a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good points there, Patrick. And, uh, you know, the good thing is, at least historically, it feels like the Packers tend to start the season a little flat and kind of pick up their best football mm-hmm. towards the middle end of the year. So maybe that's something that kind of bodes well for the Bears' future uh, coming up here on Sunday, but we'll see. But a couple questions here about Hallis Hall because, you know, we don't get to go inside <laughs> of there, unfortunately. So I want to know. Don't get me in trouble. I'm, I'm not, I, 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 don't, I, I don't think I will. Uh, I don't think I will here. I just want to know, like, you uh, can you like describe the mood and the atmosphere because, you know, especially compared to like previous seasons under like the John Fox era. Because from the outside, you know, it seems like the team is more confident, embracing the challenges mm-hmm. ahead, and they're also having some mm-hmm. fun along the way, which of course is it's nice to see. Yeah, I, what's so compelling about the Mac thing is you know the Bears just had the world's longest preseason. You know, they played oh, five yeah. games. Uh, they went to camp early. You know, they're the world's longest offseason, you know, because they had extra practices because they'd hired Matt Nagy. Uh, that's, you know, the Ravens, the other team that had the long preseason, they didn't have that. So you could argue that nobody has played more football from the Super Bowl to today uh, than the Chicago Bears. And uh, it's tiring. I mean, shoot, it's tiring for me. And all I have to do is type. Uh, so <laughs> the energy that they get from Khalil Mack this week is just something that's really needed. I mean, and it's not that they wouldn't have been excited about the Packers otherwise. And it's not that the guys who are in the building aren't thrilled to make the team. There's all, you know, all of that. Uh, but yeah, it, you know, it seems like a nice shot of caffeine uh, at the end of a really long, uh, long, long uh, preseason for them. And, uh, and that's a very good thing. Indeed, it just feels different than it has in years past. And part of that is Nagy. Part of that is, you know, I mean, they just had, you know, who's the last player as good as Khalil Mack to walk in that door? I mean, what, Erlacher? Yep. Probably. I mean, probably. You know, this is a franchise changing thing, and uh, everybody everybody around feels it. You know, <laughs> Matt Nagy looks like, uh, yeah, Matt, <laughs> Matt Nagy's got a smirk on his face. And <laughs> uh, it, it feels like he can't believe his luck. And uh, now it's their job to go act on that. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, also, as a member of the media, I want to know like how much easier does Matt Nagy make your job because he gives some really thoughtful answers. Uh, he's willing to even take some extra time and ensure he's going to answer everyone's questions, which is really refreshing from us on the outside. I can't imagine how it is for you. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, the other night when he decided not to play or to uh, when he decided to bench his starters um, and they tried to cut off the press conference after, I don't know, eight, eight minutes or something like that. And, uh, in fact, it was me and another guy asking the question at the same time where Nagy kind of looked at PR and said, you know what, I'll keep taking questions. It's totally fine. Uh, I, I really liked 
uh, the way that he's able to explain his decisions without being condescending, without being rude, without saying, because I said so, which was the John Fox uh, default. Uh, Nagy's, you know, undefeated at this point, record-wise, though. And I, I think it's easy to be charming early on and, and you know, during the course of the year when bad things happen or when everybody gets tired and nobody's sleeping and all of that, uh, nerves will get frayed. But it, at least at this point, uh, he's done a really good job in helping us do our jobs. And, and John Fox wasn't a bad person. He wasn't an evil guy with the cameras off. John Fox was a, you know, personable, you know, good dude. You know, I, I tell people, like, if you were alone in an elevator with John Fox, like, by the time you got to the floor you were going to, like, you would have had a conversation. Uh, you know, he, he's, he's a very social guy. But I just don't think that he saw the value in helping us do our jobs the way that Matt Nagy does. And I, and I hope it stays that way. Well, hopefully so, and hopefully I didn't get you in any trouble. I think I steered clear, so we're in good shape. <laughs> I just have a... Just yeah, have... That'll, be the, that'll be the after show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can hit. I can stop recording anytime you need me to, Patrick. But uh, no, we're, no, we're good. Awesome. We just have a few bonus questions. That's what I like to call them because you know Nick and I, uh, we are still aspiring journalists. We're taking, of course, a little bit of a different approach here with the entrepreneurial route. Um, but yeah, we just like to have bonus questions. Get to know you as a person, uh, just a little bit more, and just some fun things about this. Okay. So Nick, uh, kick it off. Yeah, Patrick. So, uh, what's your best story with Adam Johns? He's a good friend of ours, and we just need the inside scoop on your colleague. <laughs> I am not going to sell jobs out. I promise you. But uh, <laughs> let's see. Uh, oh, oh, you put me on the spot. He's uh, uh, we, we we're travel buddies for the most part uh, mm-hmm. on the road. Uh, we we book the same flights. And no, Adam Johns is the most reliable human being in the world, unless you're meeting in a hotel lobby. And in <laughs> oh, that this... case, he's ten minutes late. He is ten minutes late to every hotel lobby, whether you're going to go to the airport, whether you're going to go to dinner. And it's gotten to the point where I just give him a I give him a funny time uh, because then I show up right at the end. That's, That's awesome. That is pretty great. Uh, and again, we can start recording, and you can uh, you can tell us a little bit more. You can tell us the real family, Adam Johns. That's the best family. Yeah, that's a family-friendly story right there. I like, that. <laughs> I, I like the family friendliness. We try to keep that going up on this podcast as well. Uh, so I want to know what's been maybe like the best moment of your journalism career, either be a stadium visited, a trip taken, or perhaps just a player that you got to interview. Oh man, oh that's tough. I, I, I've got to. I, I've been lucky to be able to do a lot of stuff. Uh, before I came to Chicago, I covered uh, the University of Arizona basketball team, which was pretty good then, uh, and their football team, which was okay uh, then. I did spring training both in the, the Cactus League and the Grapefruit League. Uh, so I've been lucky to do a lot of different sports, and, and that's uh, that's something I wouldn't trade for anything. Uh, you know, this is this sounds. This sounds silly, but trust me, it's cool. Um, back, do you remember when the World Baseball? You know, you guys know the World Baseball Classic, the mm-hmm. uh, the uh, the international the series. Yeah. Uh, I want to say the first year they were doing it uh, when I was in Tucson, Arizona. Uh, well, I got a phone call from a friend of mine. He said, "Hey, tomorrow go to this, you know, backfield, uh, you know, at a junior college or something, and uh, and there'll be something cool there." So I walked in at like one o'clock and it was the local junior college playing against Mexico's world baseball classic team. And this is a team that had every famous Mexican baseball player you've ever heard of. And there were probably, I don't know, 20 people there, 25 people there. Um, And some of the Mexican fans who had found out showed up with water bottles with tequila in it. And somebody brought a little barbecue and it was watching 
I mean, Fernando Valenzuela was a coach and uh, Vinny Castillo was playing third and kind of every, you know, everybody on that roster was a big leaguer. And, and, and to be able to watch that uh, all-star team um, kind of in the setting with fewer fans in the Little League game uh, was really cool uh, at the time, and especially in the region, which is, uh, is so uh, pro-Mexico. But, I mean, guys, I've seen – I mean, I was at the Deflategate game. I've seen uh, – what five Super Bowls now? Wow, uh, that's awesome. You know, including including the, I mean, the last couple have been damn good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and I tell you this, I, I don't take that sort of granted at all. That's um, it, it's always you know it, it's always great to be able to see those things with your own eyes. And and it's a nice it's a nice the Super Bowl especially is a nice reward at the end of a really long season uh, for all of us. And uh, and yeah, I mean you know, Dan Pompey, who I'm sure you guys know. Mm-hmm. Um, at the end of the uh, Falcons-Patriots game two years ago. You know, I got up at the end of the game, and I looked at him. And, you know, Pompey's been covering the sport, you know, for 40 years. And he goes, well, the best Super Bowl I- I've ever seen. And I went, well, there you go. And, you know, I'm never going <laughs> to stop that. And, and then, and, you know, if Dan Pompey says it, it's, it must be true. It's true. And then, my God, and then my, my God, you go to the Super Bowl the next year, <laughs> and, it's almost be- and it's almost better. So, uh, yeah, from little things to really big things, uh, I've been lucky to do some cool stuff. That's amazing. Yeah, that is awesome. Uh, Patrick, with it being Bears-Packers week, everything gets competitive. So who has a better press box food, Lambo or uh, Soldier Field? Lambo, and it's not close. And you can Really? Oh, man. Uh, Oh, <laughs> what do they got there? What what makes it so much better? Here is a, uh, they have a bratwurst cart, oh, and the man. bratwurst cart stays open the whole time. Usually, you know, when there's press box food, you know, what you do is there's a spread before the game, and you go and eat, and then they shut it down, and, and then you know if somebody's got snacks at halftime or something like that. But what they have, they have a, a little cart on wheels, like a hot dog cart, uh, with warm with warm bratwurst and warm buns and stadium sauce and all that sort of good stuff. Uh, that is very, very hard to beat. Uh, also, I think they make their own ice. I think they have something called like Packer. Or, no, it's called Frozen Tundra. It's called Frozen oh, Tundra, and it's it a nice company. And, uh, yeah, you can't beat that. <laughs> That's awesome. great. Yeah, now I'm, I'm ready these for are some important, These are important things. They are. Yeah, these are important topics. Definitely. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, when I covered uh, the IU basketball team down here in Bloomington, uh, we had Chick-fil-A mm-hmm. every time, just Chick-fil-A over and over again. Every home game, Chick-fil-A. I was like, can we do something else, fellas? <laughs> so, yeah, I definitely understand. Uh, how's this for, for a fun fact? Sure. Do you remember, was it a year and a half ago, two years ago, when John Fox uh, gave the um, the quote about the uh, uh, the uh, the hot dogs in the press box? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yep. Really mm. easy to criticize from the hot dog-laden press box. Do you know the Bears hadn't – that uh, until f- that for the rest of Fox's tenure, the Bears never served hot dogs again. Wow, <laughs> interesting. <That is laughs> maybe, it's, maybe it's coincidence. Maybe it's coincidence, <laughs> but I don't think it is. I don't believe in too many coincidences. Not, no, that's pretty good though. I like that. Well, uh, I think we're gonna have to tweet you every home game to find out what the spread is this year because under a new coach, and it seems like they have a lot of good food at Soldier. I know you're not gonna get, you know, first class meals or anything. But I'm curious what comes your way. All right, so Patrick, you know, it's, uh, I'm not. I don't let the record show. I'm not complaining about complimentary food. I would not do that. True. Okay. Yeah. There never, you go. Never. Of course. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. One last question for you. Uh, as a father myself, you know, I know you have a little one as well, and uh, for a long time here for Chicago for the Bears, there has really not been 
a player that I'm comfortable buying a jersey for. Um, but I think it's sort of changed. So uh, for your son, I want to know uh, if there's a current bear in the roster right now uh, that you would buy a jersey for for him, who would it be and why? That's a great question. We actually talked uh, about that at, at training camp. Um, and, you know, there are two schools of thought here. Is You know, you could go with an old-timey player who you know is never going to, you know, get caught doing something, you know, untoward. But that's no fun for, you know, I have a three-year-old. My three-year-old doesn't know, you know <laughs> who Mike Dicka is. Um, I think Tariq Cohen is probably the go-to for little kids just because of the size. But I can tell you that my uh, – that, that, that my kid maybe three months ago learned who Mitch Trubisky was. Oh boy! And uh, we were walking. We were we were walking around. We went past the store two days ago that had a Mitch Trubisky jersey in it. And for the first time in his life, he asked me to buy him a T-shirt. And it was a or he, he wanted the jersey. And I said no just because I wasn't going to buy a three-year-old a forty-five dollars. Uh, kids jersey but but he seems dialed in on mitch so my answer is Tariq. uh his answer is mitch if i were buying one for myself i, I you know we're obviously biased by not biased but we're we're affected by how how, how guys are just with their personality yeah no well, no but i mean you know it's uh you know we know these you know we know these guys at least professionally no, you're right and, yeah. and i think that that yeah that that skews how, maybe how we look at some things uh, I think Akeem Hicks treats us about as well as anybody. And, uh, awesome. and Akeem Hicks uh, would get the good guy. Well, guys, do you hear the ambulance going by? You hear we did, did, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, yeah, real big city sound here. Um, yeah, that, yeah, so I, I think Cohen, I just don't – you can't go wrong with a 5-6 player's jersey. What do you guys think? Um, for my kid, my five-year-old, I did a, I did a Trubisky. Uh, like your three-year-old, okay. that's the one that he knows. And all the time, like he has right. a little Bears football, and he's and he's dropping back in the living room, and he's like, "Look at Trubisky drops back, Trubisky throws," and, and you know it's adorable. And right. right at training camp, and right. he saw the orange one, he's like, "Oh, look, number ten, Trubisky." And I had to get it for him. I got it about you know okay. five sizes too big, so he can grow into it. Where for the next five years, grow into it. Sure. That's right. But uh, right. that's what I did, Nick. Yeah, I mean, my friend who's actually six foot eight, I suggested he get a Tariq Cohen. He's six foot eight, like three hundred pounds. I'm like, you should definitely get a Tariq Cohen. I like that. that would no, be that's good. hilarious. That's contrast. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I love no, it. That's a, uh, no, no, that, that's a good call. And I'm, you know, Khalil Mack. It, on a somewhat serious point, Khalil Mack is the first Bears player who's going to have a top ten jersey since Erlacher, probably. I mean, if you, I mean, you mentioned he's got a five year old. Last five years, there haven't been that many people to get too excited about. I mean, right. what? Mm-hmm. Maybe a maybe a Martellus Bennett, maybe one year Brandon Marshall uh, during mm-hmm. that time. I mean, it, it's good to have. Uh, I, I think it's good to have somebody who's a household name uh, on this team, not only for the Bears themselves, but for fans who want to buy stuff. Yeah, for sure. No, you're right, and I have to give you the follow up here because it's a big one. On top of the jersey, I need to know color. Are you doing home, away, orange, or throwback? I'm not doing orange, and I am a uniform nerd. Uh, <laughs> and George uh, George McCaskey, uh, when they came out with it, actually uh, brought me up to his office and showed me these reams of, uh, or you know, these uh, big binders he had because he had researched all the Bears' history in uniforms over the last, you know, hundred years or ninety nine years. And he, you know, he, you know, he showed it to me. You know, he knew I didn't love the orange ones. He showed it to me and was like, "See, we wore these," and you know. 1940 something or whatever. Uh, so I can respect that there's a throwback element to the orange. I think I'd just, I think I'd probably go white 
and part of it is just you never see anybody with a white jersey, and uh, that's bad for, bad for stains, but good. Uh, <laughs> and I, I think I think you stand out that way. And um, yeah, yeah, I was trying to think. And you know, my uh, uh, my three year old has a Javi Baez uh, t-shirt Jersey, which is kind of the same, but it's, but we went blue with that. And that was just, uh, because of stains for no other reason. <laughs> there we go. Next time you see George, tell him we said, hi, uh, we ran into him about, I don't know, Nick, what, Every five times? Time. <laughs> yeah, we ran to him in Denver. I mean, just everywhere we go, we, we run into George. Uh, we run into him. <laughs> yeah. The combine <laughs> training know, camp. And every time he's kind of like, Oh, it's you guys again. He always asks how the yeah. podcast is going. Uh, we went him in Canton. It was, uh, it was a good time. I mean, he's friendly, but uh, Patrick, that's really all we have for you today. But next time you see George, tell him hey for us. I'm sure he'll get a kick out of it. But uh, thanks for taking your time. I know you have a TV gig coming up. I just want to say we really appreciate you coming on. Sure, Tom. Sure thing, guys. And, and, and I mean it. Uh, whenever you need me again, just uh, give me a call. All right. Bye week update. Awesome. Yeah, sure. Well, I might be on vacation. Yeah. <laughs> oh, fair. Fair. You need a break. Cool. That's fair. All right. Take care, Patrick. Thank you so much. See you, Patrick. And thank you, boys. Bye. All right, Bears fans, that's going to do it for this episode of the Bears Brothers Podcast. On behalf of my co-host, Nick, I wanted to say thank you for tuning into our show. We would not be here if not for you. We know that, and we appreciate each and every one of you. We truly hope that you appreciate the insight that we bring in week in, week out, all year long. So before I sign off, I want to give uh, give away those details of, well, the giveaway. We love to show our appreciation for your support, and that's why... We want to give one lucky listener a free Khalil Mack Bears jersey of their choice, any color, any size. To enter this giveaway, all you need to do, review our show on iTunes or Apple Podcasts. Everyone who has already reviewed our show in the past is already grandfathered in, so you're set. Once we hit 300 reviews, which we are less than 40 away, we are going to randomly select a winner. And I know there are thousands of you listening right now who haven't reviewed yet, so if just a fraction of you... Did so right now, we can pick a winner tomorrow. And I'm not going to tweet this giveaway, and I'm not going to announce it in the top of the shows. I'm going to kind of keep it buried here in the bottom uh, because I really want to tailor it for those who actually do take the time and to listen. Because seriously, uh, the fact that you take the time to listen to us means a lot. We know that you have a million other things that you can do with any given moment of your day. And we sincerely appreciate each time that you decide to listen to our podcast. We would not be here or be where we are today without the support of our audience members and Bears fans like you. So again, we'll show our token of appreciation by giving away a Khalil Mack jersey to one lucky listener as soon as we reach 300 reviews. Okay, well, I got to run. We have our first ever staff fantasy draft coming up, and I need to get prepared. So up next, we're going to have our first five matchups to watch podcast of the season, followed by the three keys to the game, and of course, all of that is leading up to our official Bears-Packers preview this Saturday. But until next time, bear down, Chicago. Bear down, Chicago Bears.